Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, March 1st. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, Governor Tate Reeves signs legislation restricting gender-affirming care for minors. Then, part two of the Gulf States newsrooms tag along with attorneys at an immigrant detention center in Louisiana. Plus, a bill to extend postpartum Medicaid benefits gets one step closer to a vote. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. There is a dangerous movement spreading across America today. It's advancing under the guise of a false ideology and pseudoscience. It's being pushed onto our children through radical activists, social media, and online influencers. And it's trying to convince our children that they are in the wrong body. This dangerous movement attempts to convince these children that they're just a surgery away from happiness. It threatens our children's innocence and it threatens their health. I stand before you today to sign legislation that puts a stop to this in Mississippi and protects our kids. The new law bans the use of gender reassignment surgery, puberty blockers, and hormone replacement therapy for anyone in the state 17 years and younger. It went into immediate effect yesterday upon signing. The bill is one of the first to be signed into law during this legislative session. During debate on the measure, some lawmakers questioned its necessity, calling it a solution in search of a problem. Lee Pace is with Spectrum The Other Clinic, an organization that has previously provided access to hormone therapy for trans youth. What we've seen through our research and through our surgical contacts, no one was having uh, gender-affirming surgeries or what's known as bottom surgery below 18 at all, zero in Mississippi. From our contacts, the number was also zero for top surgery. During his bill signing ceremony, Reeves said the bill is necessary to protect children because the left isn't telling the truth about the effects of gender-affirming treatments. When it comes to how these drugs, surgeries, and procedures are truly impacting our kids, most of the time, we're just not getting the truth. 
We're told over and over and over again by those on the far left that they're safe. We're told, don't worry, the kids will be fine and the potential side effects are, at worst, minimal. And if you stand up and ask questions, well, you're unfairly labeled as intolerant or transphobic and you're attacked and censored. Reeves also gave Matt Walsh, a Nashville-based media personality with the Daily Wire and self-described theocratic fascist, five minutes of prepared remarks at the podium bearing the state seal of Mississippi. Walsh has no medical or psychiatric background, training, or education, yet Reeves referred to him multiple times when taking questions from reporters. But Reeves and Walsh's characterization of trans care advocacy are incongruent with the position of many national medical associations. In August of 2022, American Academy of Pediatrics issued a statement in support of transgender youth through its AAP Voices blog. It says in part, Critics of our gender-affirming care policy mischaracterize it as pushing medical or surgical treatments on youth. In fact, the policy calls for the opposite, a holistic, collaborative, compassionate approach to care with no end goal or agenda. In all, evidence-based clinical care for trans minors is supported by the AAP, the American Medical Association, the American Psychiatric Association, the Pediatric Endocrine Society, and the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry. The latter, in a published statement in 2019, says they strongly oppose any efforts, legal, legislative, or otherwise, to block access to these recognized interventions. Blocking access to timely care has been shown to increase use risk for suicidal ideation and other negative mental health outcomes. Lee Pace of Spectrum, who we heard from earlier, has treated trans youth with care that's now prohibited in the state. He spoke with our co Vance shortly after the bill became law. I've tried to, to express this in words, and there's so many aspects of it, it's very difficult to uh, say, have one sentence sum it up. I think the biggest thing is, unfortunately, Mississippi has bundled addressing surgeries with addressing hormone therapy replacement. And, and that's unfair, and it's, it's horrible because of who is impacted by this. Um, unfortunately, doing some side research, this isn't a what is best for the children sort of a law because it's still legal for children to have the exact same surgeries. If a child wanted to have breast augmentation or breast re reduction, they still can have it as long as they're not transgender. So truly, this is an anti-trans bill. This, has, this does not limit surgeries that can be performed on people that are intersex. This does not limit surgeries that can be performed on cisgender minors. Uh, it's just directed at transgender individuals. What does this mean for 
the patients you have been treating or the ones that are, are we're hoping to get treatment at some point in their uh, young adult life. How is this going um, to change them, change their future? Well, that's an excellent question. There, I've had some consults recently over the past month to where I informed the patients that it's probably best if I did not start care because it does not look like I would be able to continue care. And some patients have the economical means to go to a New Orleans to seek care. Uh, other people do not. So for the vast majority of my patients, they're not able to uh, locate care, hormone therapy care anymore. How do you think this will change their lives? Well, I told the senator personally that if you take uh, Senator Joey Fillingane? Correct. I, I told the senator that if you take away the freedom for a child and their family to discuss hormone therapy, the only choice that you leave them is whether or not they're going to take their life. Um, I think that when they mentioned the suicide attempt rate, that it's people are well aware of the dangers of uh, excluding people and basically telling them that they're worthless, and that's going to have an effect on people. What are your thoughts on the importance of gender-affirming mental health going forward in Mississippi? Well, when the another senator proposed an amendment to the bill to reassure mental health care providers that they will not be aiding and abetting transgender issues, that was refused. So right now, it's not clear that mental health care will be able to proceed. Um, if someone wanted to sue them, they could. When I have tried to speak to a couple of therapists that we work with in our clinic, they're nervous because they don't know if somebody's going to sue them. It really doesn't matter if someone is convicted or not. It's the threat of being sued and the consequences of being sued. Someone can lose their license and their livelihood. And there's that so, statute of th limitations for 30 years. 30 years. So it can affect us for the, basically the rest of our career. What do you think will be the next step in this process? It's hard to tell. I'm not a politician and I do not, I'm not an expert in these matters. Um, what I do know is it, it appears to be a test. It appears to be a test through the different states in America as to what can get passed and what will not be passed. And so how far can we push transgender agenda? Unfortunately, it seems like it can be pushed. And I think that it will continue to be pushed. So I don't think it's, it's, unfortunately, I think people are not gonna stop. 
once that the youth issue is settled in the minds of many politicians to where it's illegal, they'll come for adults. Uh, Lee Pace, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Trans teens, their families, and advocates protested this bill throughout the legislative process. They, too, were on hand to respond to a law they say will have profound effects on the trans community. Jason McCarty is with Capital City Pride. Yeah, I think it's just another um, sad day in Mississippi for some Mississippians, but I think all Mississippians should be concerned when we have an overreaching government that creates laws that directly impact certain groups. Um, Lawmakers are supposed to impact laws that help protect all Mississippians, and this is just another, an overreach of this extreme Republican um, House and Senate that we have today, and so I'm sad. I'm sad for the families um, that have trans youth that this may impact, that will impact. Um, I'm sad for um, our community that is that supports trans lives. You know, all Mississippians deserve to be treated the same, and under this law, all Mississippians will not be treated the same. What are your thoughts on what this could mean for the trans youth of Mississippi going forward? You know, as an organization, we are deeply concerned for the mental health wellness of trans youth. You know, we have support groups. Um, we actually have one that starts next week. So visit our website, www.mscapitalcitypride.org. It's a 10-week support program that is free, that's held by licensed um, therapists. But we are concerned. We're concerned. Um, imagine being a group that is not only targeted by mean people that may come to events and hold up signs and say that you're going to hell, but literally being targeted by elected officials that have singled out this bill, that fast-tracked this bill. Um, it went through so fast we could hardly imagine. Um, so uh, I'm concerned how they're feeling today. I know our organization supports them, and if they need help, please reach out to us. Coming up, part two of the Gulf States newsrooms tag along with attorneys at an immigrate detention center in Louisiana. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing the leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Since the spring of 2022, a team of attorneys and advocates have been traveling to detention centers in Louisiana every few months to educate immigrants on their legal rights. The visits are vital to their work, allowing them access to these remote facilities. And they say the stories detainees tell them can be hard to take in. The Gulf States Newsroom's Bobby Jean Missick wrote along with members of the team to understand what it takes to do this work. Tanya Wolf drives past a tall pine forest in Pine Prairie, Louisiana. As the trees give way to local businesses and streets named after flowers, Wolf sees red and blue police lights. We're getting pulled over. I wasn't paying attention. At some point, the speed limit had dropped from 55 miles per hour to 45 in what seemed like an instant. This isn't the first time we've been pulled over on these trips. 
Two other drivers on the team got tickets, too. It's just one of the frustrations they go through when they visit immigration detention centers in rural Louisiana. Wolf works for the Southern Poverty Law Center's Immigration Justice Initiative. She's driving with her coworkers, Hannah Lopez, another advocate, and Sabrine Mohammed, an immigration attorney. They're part of a larger team that conducts legal rights presentations and one-on-one counseling to detainees. Mostly people who came here to seek asylum and are now stuck in detention. Almost all of my one-on-ones is just like, how do I get out of this place? Louisiana has eight detention centers and has the second largest detained immigrant population in the country. The trips allow advocates to learn about what's going on inside. One minute. On this day, the group goes to the South Louisiana Ice Processing Center in a town called Bazile. It's a woman's facility. In the parking lot, Lopez stacks boxes and boxes onto a dolly. It contains all of the pro se materials that we try to hand out. Right now, they're all in a state of complete disarray. This is the only way for the team to get vital legal rights information and forms to the detainees. Everything has to be on paper. So I'm just going to bring all these boxes in. And then the team disappears behind the facility's walls for seven or eight hours. All right, goodbye, phone. Press isn't allowed in. Lopez is the first to come out. She sits in the rented minivan and wipes tears from her cheeks. She's had to tell a group of women that they should not send for their children. The women openly cry. So that, paired with the questions, worried about the care of their children, it was just a lot. That was the first time I couldn't really hold it together in front of clients. Large mosquitoes are circling us. The facility is next to a crawfish farm. It's dusk, and the blankets of blue, purple, and orange are spread over sprawling plains of swampy grass. Lopez is from South Louisiana. She used to love scenes like this, but it feels so unwelcoming now. I can't really appreciate or like really feel how beautiful it is knowing what's happening behind these doors, but also knowing on the drive away from the detention center, she and Wolf and Sabrine Mohammed, the immigration attorney, talk about what they saw and heard. So every little rectangle of cement on the ground has its own little cage around it with its own door. One person has high blood pressure and hasn't received their medication in days. And the Turkish girl started crying. She was like, I came by myself. Like, I don't have any family here. Like, I didn't cross with anybody. Nobody in my dorm speaks Turkish. It's a lot to carry. And these three women are some of the youngest on the team. But they also seem primed to do this work, drawn to it. They're all descendants of immigrants themselves. When she visits detention centers, Mohammed often thinks of her father, who moved here from Palestine. Lopez says she's inspired to do the work because of her Panamanian grandfather. And Wolf says, I feel like this has been my work my whole life, you know, just, you know, helping my dad study for his citizenship test. And I have family members who are undocumented. It's my life, like, it's my community, it's my family. And just like with family, one small win is a win for everyone. As they head away from the detention center, 
Wolf shares some good news. One of their clients has been released. The team will head back home after this week-long trip. But they'll return soon because they have to. Because there are people here who need their help. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Bobby Jean Mizick. The Gulf States Newsroom is a collaboration between Mississippi Public Broadcasting and public media stations in Louisiana and Alabama. Coming up, a bill to extend postpartum Medicaid benefits gets one step closer to a vote. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. A bill that would extend postpartum Medicaid coverage from 60 days to 12 months has advanced through a House committee. It passed with bipartisan support and a few dissenting votes. Representative Missy McGee is a Republican from Hattiesburg who serves on the Medicaid committee. She tells our Lacey Alexander she sees it as a pro-life issue. We are excited today to move forward um, a bill which provides for an extension of benefits for postpartum women. Um, It currently is 60 days for eligible women on Medicaid, and the bill proposes to extend that to 12 months. And so what's really interesting is this bill is seeing bipartisan support from both parties. Why do you think both parties, for the most part, are coming to agree on this issue? I think that that people know that um, women should be cared for beyond 60 days um, after giving birth and that there are a lot of health issues that women face that don't occur necessarily in those first few weeks after um, having a baby. We know that there are um, high blood, women may have high blood pressure, asthma, um, issues with breastfeeding, um, and, and many other um, issues, heart disease. And so we want the, our, our new mothers to be able to be healthy. We know they're the primary caregivers, uh, usually, of these babies that they've just brought into the world. And so I think we want to, we know we need to do the right thing to make sure that our women um, are, you know, that that have access to care and go on to live a healthy life. The speaker recently said that he would not block passage, that he would try and allow a vote, and the governor said that he was supporting the extension as well. Why do you see our leaders, why do you think our leaders are suddenly more supportive than usual? I think you would have to ask those um, those gentlemen that question. Um, I'm just pleased that we were able to move it out of committee today, and um, it will be on the House calendar for hopefully um, for consideration by the full m- membership. And one last question for you. Reeves called this a pro-life issue. Do you agree with that statement? I absolutely believe it is pro-life and pro-family. And I have said that I dropped the House version of this bill, and um, I have said that from the very beginning. You know, about 35,000 babies are born in Mississippi every year. 65% of those are are born to mothers on Medicaid, which is about 23,000 babies, 23,000 moms, 23,000 families. And so I can't imagine anything that would be more pro-life and pro-family than this um, bill. Thank you so much. Medicaid Committee Chair Joey Hood now has the authority to call the bill to the floor of the House. 
I think it was overwhelming on the committee that it was they wanted to work it through the process. Let's bring this bill to the calendar, and uh, we'll just see where we go from there. Do you think the governor's switch up on this, supporting this over Twitter, represented or influenced this at all? I have no comment about the governor and any reasons why. I do know that the Division of Medicaid provided a letter that was addressed to Speaker Gunn, and which addressed the outline of why they supported it. Speaker Gunn has said that he will not block the bill as he did last year. You'll have to talk to Speaker Gunn about what he has said and what he will not say. So what do you hope to see when it takes to the floor? Uh, You know, we'll just have to wait and see if it makes it there. The deadline to take it up is next Wednesday. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.